Well, not all of us think about scenes from Braveheart, Game of Thrones, or even A Knight's Tale when we think about medieval times. However, maybe not as flashy, not as dramatic. This episode is going to take us into what the different jobs were that were available during the medieval times. So keeping up with the theme of blast from the past, stay tuned and take a listen as I point out some of the top six jobs that you could find and find yourself doing if you lived in the 17th century. Hey cousins, have you joined the movement yet? What movement might you ask? My Balbo. That's right, My Balbo, B-A-L-B-O. It's a free political social app for the next generation of voters that fosters community engagement, encourages empowering discussions, and provides real-time political accountability. So if you're like me and you get absolutely overwhelmed when it's time for primaries or any type of election in your particular area and just trying to find out research and get information on the candidates that are running, my Balbo's the one-stop shop for that. It pulls all of that information together so you can go to one place, one location, and get the information that you need to be an informed voter. So if you haven't already gone to mybalbo.com so that you can subscribe and download the app today, what are you waiting for? Go do it. Mybalbo.com. Now, it's only available in the U.S. right now, but don't worry. Hopefully, it'll be available in other countries very soon. So again, go to mybalbo.com. Hey cousins, so we're still in our mini-sode series. Can't believe it, but we definitely have five seasons. Yes, I'm pinching myself as I speak now. Well, Eunice can't join this episode, so you guys got me. And I'm not going to disappoint. At least I hope I don't. I've got two Reddit stories. I'm going to kick us off with one, and then I'm going to end us out with one. And for this episode, I thought... Since the whole theme is blast from the past and we talked about and actually sat down with one of our past guests from season one in our last episode, this one, I was going to go back even further in the past. So I got 17th century medieval on y'all and I have a list of about six different jobs that people actually did and made pretty decent money for their time in, in the 17th century. But before I kick those off, we're going to kick off with our Reddit story. So this one is from user Lassie Potat. They kicked off with the obligatory message on mobile. English is not my first language, etc. So here we go. I used to work front desk for an auto repair shop whose parent company is one of those luxury dealerships whose vehicles are actually worth more than some people's life insurance. Parentheses, mine. The shop's conveniently located right next to the dealership on the same parking lot so our customers can stroll over and and browse the showroom if they'd like. Driving up, there's a very nice sign telling people left for the showroom and service center, right for the auto body repairs. That day, we'd already checked in all of our appointments. Since part of my job is closing out files for invoicing for insurance companies, I was in one of the inner offices double-checking an invoice rule with my boss. While we were doing that, I hear someone come in, but thought, it's nothing, my coworker can handle it. I'll finish up with my boss and start making my way back down to the front desk. The person who came in is still there, insisting he has an appointment with us. Now, we're all very OC about the schedule. 
Working for a luxury brand does garner some extremely entitled clientele, so any minute detail missed will be literal hell. So we know for a fact he doesn't have an appointment with us. He sees me walking up and with a shit-eating smile goes, her, I spoke to her on the phone. I go, apologies? I don't recall making any appointments for this afternoon. What type of service were you looking for? His jaw literally drops. He starts sputtering and instead looks at my coworker saying, I spoke to a Chinese lady on the phone and made an appointment for sales. I'm the only visibly Asian person working the front desk. Yes, I'm Chinese, but I was born elsewhere, lived in the last decade or so in North America and have since grown a North American accent. We sorted him out and he apologized to me before happily making his way to the showroom. Wow, that's a lot to unpack there. You know, I've dealt with uh, customers in different regions, different locations, especially working in tech like I do. Um, I I don't know if I've ever had anybody that I'm thinking of story-wise where my situation was like blatantly like that, but I have had um, people sometimes say, that maybe my voice didn't match my appearance and they were confused. Whereas for me, I guess like most people that have an accent, you don't really hear it from yourself. So to you, you sound like you don't have an accent, but then to others, they hear an accent from you. And I would get that. I would always get my California customers to say things like, oh, your accent is so cute. It's so Southern. And it would kind of confuse me because I never thought I had an accent. Um, Whereas I would say East Coast didn't typically get that, except for when I lived in Boston. I actually had some engineers um, on a construction project that I was working tech support for um, that some of them would refuse to talk to me because they just said that my accent was so heavy they couldn't understand me, which is ironic because anybody that's been to Boston, which is about two and a half hours north of New York, because everybody in the world seems to know where New York is, nobody's accent is heavier than somebody living in Boston. Just watch any Mark Wahlberg movie from back in the day and you hear it, pop the car, wicked. Um, but apparently my accent was strong. So it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. So now we're going to kick into talking about um, the jobs that I found that are medieval times. And I'm going to kind of do a countdown. So I'm actually going to start with number six and I'm going to count my way to number one, the job that makes the most. And in present day, when you think about it and you translate it to salary wise, it, it makes a pretty uh, decent salary. So it did then and it does now. It holds true. But coming in at number six, knocker ups. That's right. You heard me right. Knocker ups. These were people that were hired to appear at your house for some reason, mainly your window and essentially be the 17th century version of a Romeo or a John Cusack in any eighties movie that you've ever seen. What I mean by that is they would either have a long pole or they would have a device that kind of looked like a a straw, but just not the plastic version or the metal version that we're used to today, where they would put, if it was a straw, little mini rocks in it, 
and they would kind of like shooting spitballs out, shoot the rocks up to hit your window, to tap your window, not for the purpose of breaking it, but to tap the window to be a noise to wake you up. If they had the long pole, they would do the same. They would either tap on your window with the pole to wake you up, or they would knock loudly on your door. So essentially they were human alarm clocks before alarm clocks were actually made. And I even found some sources that said that knocker ups, this was an actual job that carried on through the 17th century, well into the 70s. So like the 1970s before the job like officially, I guess was replaced (laughs) with technology. And then of course, actual alarm clocks. So these people will often be charged to wake up a lot of people that had jobs that required you to wake up early. So if I had to wake up somewhere between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., then I would make an appointment with a knocker-upper and then they would come and use their device to either bang on my door or knock on my window to wake me up. Now, they would, back in the day, get what was called a few pence per customer. What that translates to looking at today's money is they essentially would get somewhere between $100 and $123 per person. Skills, the propensity for punctuality, and waking up even earlier than your clients. Because if I got to be at your house at four to wake you up, then I imagine I would have to wake up somewhere around 3.30 or three myself. So, but then what do you do with the rest of your day? Because you're only waking people up from like four to 6 a.m. And then you got the whole rest of the day to rock out with your 100 to $123 per person. So believe it or not, that was a job coming in at number six, knocker uppers. Now, number five, This job is called a Saddler. And actually, this is an actual job title that even translates to today. Um, So in present day, there are also Saddlers. But the Saddlers in the 1700s, similar to the Saddlers of today, they made or repaired different types of equipment depending on who their customers were and how they rode their horses. So that's right. All the equipment had to do essentially with horses. So it could be the saddle, the bridle, horseshoes, um, or some other sort of like gear or ropes or stirrups or something like that that was needed for a horse. Hogskin was a good material for hunters because it helped keep the rider seated when chasing after an animal, like a steer, hide, or uh, some other sort of animal that they would use the horse as like the vehicle for. So hog skin was the material back then. Um, Saddlers also made side saddles for women to use while wearing dresses and racing saddles for horse jockeys. Now a side saddle, when women would sit on horses, they essentially wouldn't straddle the horse so that the horse was like in between their legs. A lot of times, or essentially they would, but they would have like this side saddle thing that sometimes it was called that, sometimes it was called other things that essentially was like a fake leg. So it looked like instead of them fully sitting on the horse and straddling the horse, that they were kind of sitting off to the side. Kind of like when you're sitting in a chair and you have a dress on and you don't fully cross your legs, but you kind of like tuck one leg behind the other and kind of rock it to the side a little bit while you're sitting in the chair. Or if you're sitting in a chair and you're sitting 
sideways in the chair, not fully facing the front of the room in the chair. The uh, side saddle, which this is referencing, was what women used when they were sitting on the horse. So it looked like they were sitting on the horse sideways when in reality they weren't. Now, back in the day, because I was curious, because it seemed like uh, this person business was booming and doing great for them, like everybody had a horse. So I'm thinking, well, dang, how expensive were horses back then? Because I know horses are expensive today. The upkeep, the maintenance of them. Well, they were just as expensive then. So horses back then, depending on the color, the breed, the type, on average, about $45. Very cheap today. Or yeah, today, because we would look at $45 and say that's nothing. But back then, $45, looking at inflation, the equivalent of that is $3,200. And that's just for the horse. That's not factoring in whatever the cost would be to care for the horse and have it seen by a vet and feed it and house it and all of that. So about $3,200 in today's money just to buy the horse. The salary of the saddler, because remember, they're working on all things involving um, all things involving different additional pieces of the horse. The salary was about the equivalent in today's money of thirty six thousand. So, yep. Number five coming in at the saddler. In between shows, keep the conversation alive with the youth in your households with our series of Adventures of Sophie and Olivia, available on Amazon and directly on our website, pgd-innovations.com. The link is in our show notes. Don't forget to check out our merchandise, and we have some limited time gear only that's available this season. Don't miss out. Number four coming in, a wheelwright. It's two W's, wheel right. So the wheel right specialized in making and repairing wheels for vehicles such as carriages and wagons because that was the type of transportation that they had in the 17th century. Because remember, we're talking about the 1700s. So wheel rights were skilled craftsmen who needed to be able to work with wood and iron in order to make a round and durable wheel that could withstand the rough roads of the colonies. Cause a lot of times they're on dirt roads. We didn't, they didn't have paved cement and highways and things like that, that we have of today. So essentially they were kind of like the Firestone tire back in the day. Only the tires were skinnier, smaller and made of wood and iron not the tires of today. Now the wheelwrights, they made essentially about 58 bucks, which in today's money translates to about 1300. And that's 1300 per like set of wheels that they would do for a wagon. So somebody comes in with a wagon, they need a full set of wheels, they would make it. And then in today's equivalent, they would get 1300 per wagon is kind of how that worked out. So number four, will write. Number three, Milliner is, I think how you pronounce this, M-I-L-L-I-N-E-R, Milliner. So the Milliner was the owner of the local clothing store. They sold items for sewing, such as cloth and thread. 
They also made all sorts of clothing accessories, including hats, shirts, aprons, hoods, cloaks, and shifts. The Maliner was often a woman and was one of few trades that could be owned and operated by a woman during colonial times. So women weren't really able to be business owners in the 1700s, but when it came to this, they were able to be business owners. So in today's time frame, I would translate that almost to like fashion or like fashion design somewhere around there. Now, the money that they made then translating it today was 48,000. But of course, if we know someone working in fashion today, or I even equate this like a hybrid between Joanne's fabric and then someone having like their own clothing store. Um, today, someone having that, they would make more than 48K. However, translate the money they made then to today. That's uh, how it translated to be. All right. Coming in at number two, a Cooper. That's right, you heard me, a cooper. The cooper made different containers such as barrels, caskets, and buckets. These containers were important in colonial times for storing all sorts of items, including ale, wine, flour, gunpowder, and tobacco. The cooper was a skilled trade as these containers needed to be durable and watertight for a long time. And you got to think about the transportation. It's got to be able to withstand riding in a wagon or being uh, moved long haul via ship because uh, that was a form of transportation back then. Now, the equivalent in present day money of what they made translates to 45000 So a cooper, also known as a barrel maker. <clears throat> so if you're kind of researching some of these jobs that I'm pointing out, um, you'll notice that they were called other things compared to if you're looking at the 17th century versus the 18th century and so on. Now, coming in at number one, hot and heavy. The most successful job back then and still a successful job in today's market as well, the apothecary. Now, the apothecaries of colonial times were similar to today's pharmacists. So, Pharmacy, apothecary, all right, I can see it. They made medicines from various minerals, plants, and herbs and sold them in their store. Sometimes they acted as doctors, prescribing medicine for the sick and even performing minor surgeries. Like some drugstores today, the apothecary often sold items besides medicines, such as tobacco and cooking spices. So that was like the CVS, the Walgreens, the Rite Aid of back in the day only they were called apothecaries. Now, the money that they made then translated to present day is the equivalent of 154,000. So that's what I mean. Like they made good money back then and the apothecary slash pharmacist of today make good money today as well. So it's one of those stand the test of time jobs. Okay, so we've gone through all of our jobs. And we had our first Reddit story, but now I'm going to close this out with our last Reddit story. And this one is from user Alternative OK 1388. And he entitled it, I Bleed for a Living and It's the Best Job Ever. See, now, with that title, how could I skip past it? How could I not pull this as a Reddit story to read? I mean, come on. 
I know you're already sitting on the edge of your seat like, huh? Do what now? So here we go. Recently, I started what is the best job I've ever had. I'm a college dropout, really poor, all of the typical traits of an unemployed 20-year-old. After getting home from another failed interview, I went online to find a way to make some quick cash. Then I saw an offer that looked way too good to be true. Plasma donations for a reward larger than $1,000. My BS senses were immediately on high alert. Started researching it and it's all legit. You go in, do some wellness exams, and then bleed for an hour. Then they just gave me a debit card with $1,500 on it. What the bleep? I'm bleeping out the curse words in case you can't tell. And then they told me I could come back in two days and get another thousand. My bills are very inexpensive, only $850. That's it. Suddenly, I have almost double all of my bills. They then told me I can come twice a week, forever. Holy bleep. So I can go in eight times each month and get $8,000 by just sitting in a chair with a needle in my arm for an hour. I have the most money I've ever had in my life, and I've only been doing this a few months. Only issue I've had is figuring out the taxes with this stuff. Some people tell me it counts as income, while others say it's not taxed. Other than that, I just hang out with friends or relax at home and make more money than I would at any minimum wage job. Okay, alternative. Okay, 1388. For being 20, fresh out of your teens, because this says you're only 20 years old and dropping out of college, this might help you in the short term. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. It It's smart. It's innovative. You're probably thinking of things that a lot of people didn't. There's probably people listening to this right now. They're like, well, that's no donation. I didn't even think I could make some money off of that. Wow. And they're Googling it. Um, however, this is not long-term sustainability. So while you are making some money right now, I hope... Your 20-year-old self is not blowing that money, that you're paying your bills and you're at least stacking some cash, but you still got to come up with a plan. You got to come up with a plan. If school isn't going to be it and school isn't the track for everybody, it's not the Geigel meter for success. We've seen that play out time and time again, um, but you still got to figure something out that's actually going to be long-term, sustainable, but something that you like doing and something that's going to challenge you. Um, we all have a purpose. And uh, while what you're doing is helping people with the medical necessity for or the need for plasma, I feel like your purpose is a bit greater than that. So I'm hoping that you're taking this time while you're doing this fast cash and kind of hanging out with your friends to come up with a, a plan that's going to give you a, a little bit more meaning out of life a little bit but i'll give it i'll give it to him he's creative yep that that is creative i was not thinking about plasma donation when i was in school so good job on that one um so that's our episode for today i kind of took you up took you down took you all around we went back in time my version of back to future style looking at some medieval jobs 
uh, six of them to be exact. And, you know, we checked out some Reddit stories. I think we had a good time together. I thought it was great. But I always have a good time with you guys. So I don't know. I'm impartial. But I will check you out next week. And Eunice will be with me then. And we're going to do some more updates from some of our past guests. So we're going to come back into that. We're going to kind of do like a update past guests from past seasons combined with the, maybe the next episode, more jobs from the medieval. So our next episode, we're going to do some updates and let you know about past season guests and the great things that they're doing. And then following that, we'll go back into the medieval a little bit as we do our mini series blast from the past. So tune in next week. See you guys later. And all right, cousins, check you out next week.